Good morning, Meat Suits and Meat Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 123. We have now done as many episodes as a number that represents easiness. And yet, this week, we are talking about the Physic Book of Deliverance Dane by Catherine... (laughs) (laughs) Catherine Howe. Which is as easy to listen to as 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12... Meanwhile, in, 19, in 1690, 13, 14. Were you just like counting which trials to go to sleep, Alex? <laughs> That's a great idea, actually. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm having so much trouble sleeping. Well, let's pretend someone's on trial. <laughs> one. <laughs> one. Still the same witch trial? One. <laughs> one. <again>. One. <laughs> if you want to read along with us, of course, you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep and uh, sign up for a free trial of the book a month club and you get a free audiobook for doing that. And you could use it for this book if you want to read along with us. Uh, or if you want a book about a person who finds out that she has magical powers kind of late in life and then tries to learn as much as possible about witchcraft and wizardry and then fights against an evil professor preventing him from getting the Philosopher's Stone, you could just listen to Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, for the first part of that, I really thought you were going to eat, pray, love. I thought you were going to eat, pray, love real hard. Really? <laughs> yeah. Does she learn that she has magical powers late in life? Yeah, self-confidence. Oh, self-confidence, right. (laughs) And although I know it's strictly taboo. All right, uh, let me introduce you to this panel. I'm I'm your host. I'm Alex Falcone, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Uh, And uh, I just want to say I I had my stand-up class graduation show last night. at a very late hour, which I'm not complaining about, but uh, I talked at the pub afterwards. I talked to some of my students about the show, so some of them may join us. Uh, to the new comedian initiates, welcome and thanks for listening. I don't want to compete with you guys because I'm guessing Chris will win, but 2 o'clock, Chris? Bedtime? 2 o'clock? Oh, Bedtime? Good job. No, 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 no. No, I went to sleep around midnight, I think. Oh, not, yeah, okay, so I might win this one. Ezra? Oh, yeah, yeah no, midnight. Oh, nicely done. We're recording this at the uh, the ungodly and also unwitchly hour of, of 7.30 in the morning on a Saturday. And uh, I won the latest up contest. I probably won, won the uh, drank the most gin last night contest. So. <laughs> probably you, did. You may beat me for that, but how many warmed cookies with ice cream did you have? Damn okay. it. <laughs> I think I probably won the listen to the most people playing music who were related to a Journey member. That is yeah. wildly specific. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, way to pick a contest that you could win. Awesome. All right. So uh, my panel tonight, very good, very special of this morning in San Francisco, California. It's Ezra Fox. Hey, Alex. Hey, uh, so you were watch- watching who from related to the band what? So I was watching Miles Sean, who is the son of uh, Journey member Neil Sean. And what does Mr. Sean do? Uh, it was actually really all over the place. And interestingly enough, he was playing with the daughter of one of the Doobie Brothers. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I think they might Wait, have... Was this a like, band or a support group? <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like the Muppet Babies cartoon. Oh my god, that is exactly what Sarah just said. <laughs> really? Yes. Such a good reference. <laughs> also joining us, uh, our, our other regular panelist, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Seattle, Washington. It's Chris Smith. Hey there, good morning. Uh, so, you, apparently a lot of gin last night? 
Well, is it a normal know. amount of gin, maybe? Yeah, just a normal amount of gin. Okay, good. <laughs> you didn't do anything. You didn't see any uh, special band members. You didn't have no, a class nothing situation. so untoward. I just had Vietnamese food and uh, <laughs> some happy hour stuff. Mass amounts of gin. Yeah. No, just more than you. That's all. Pirate amounts of gin. Yeah, he <laughs> like an entire ship of gin. <laughs> he robbed them. Handfuls full of gin. Also, welcome back, a very special guest. Uh, you can find her writings on skeptic.org and Boston Mac. It's Amanda Linebaugh. Hey, I did not drink an entire ship full of gin last night, and I did not see any journey members or family members. So, <laughs> so what are you doing with your life? God, <laughs> you recently finished up finals, so you're you're not still celebrating? Uh, yeah, it's called sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, just sleep is just really the party that you throw yourself. <laughs> the food's not always great, but the entertainment's solid. <laughs> entertainment is solid, if if a little abstract. Yes. <laughs> so we are in the second half of the Physic Book of Deliverance Day and today, and uh, once again, Merry Christmas, Jen. And uh, so, but we we finally we finally find out what happens. We wrap it all up. We find which of our predictions came true. Chris, let's start yes. by summarizing. Uh, this sure. time, I would like you to summarize in the style of ye old flashback. <laughs> Fire burn and cauldron bubble. Yes. Welcome back to Salem Town, readers. Remember how this is a boring story about Connie Goodwin? A grad student in colonial history, which didn't exist in Salem Town before, but now it's modern times, 1991. And she's searching for an old book for her summer research in colonial history and restoring her grandma's old house in Salem, Massachusetts. While crushing on a boy? Question mark. <laughs> Apparently, she discovers that magic and witchcraft is real. No, really. Just straight up real. And apparently, goody deliverance Dane, this bitch who was doing magic back in Salem Town all those years ago, was also a witch. But don't worry, guys. She still believed pretty hard in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> in case you were wondering. Now, goody Connie in 1991 takes this all in stride and now has the power to kill flowers and tell the future about things with pasta strainers and a pair of tears. <laughs> now, Sam, the boy she'd been crushing on pretty hard, finally does the business with her mm. and the next morning falls off some scaffolding at his job. That'll teach him to be an adulterer. <laughs> Breaks his leg and uh, he gets some seizures. So Connie has to find the book that she's been looking for, the Physic Book of Deliverance Dane. And do a spell soon or maybe sam will die or something remember connie's in graduate school at harvard and her advisor professor chilton is being all creepy in the library and researching alchemy like like it's a real thing while wearing a bow tie because it's harvard <laughs> and he finally wants connie to find the book so he can turn lead into gold and finally get some respect among his peers this dude sucks. <laughs> and Connie finds the book, does some witching, and through magic finds out that it was her advisor who poisoned Sam and made him fall off that scaffolding because he wanted to motivate Connie to find the book. Really terrible logic. But I guess it worked because he found the book. And now he's all evil and shit. So she magics him to take takes the seizures from Sam, puts it into Chilton, and now he's all seizury and stuff. <laughs> so... Alas, the day is saved. Seize him! And the bad guys have been stopped. The end? Or is it? <laughs> I suspect that it is. Yeah, I suspect that it is. Thankfully, I don't, yes. I don't think this one's been serialized. I don't think this is going that direction. 
Yeah, when your postscript is just, I researched this. Um, <laughs> there's this delightful postscript in which she's, she goes, it, it's kind of like the end of Reading Rainbow, where she goes, although the characters in this book were fictional, and so was magic, the <laughs> that I used to color the story are real. I did spend a lot of time researching the clothing they were wearing in the flashback scenes to the to Salem Witch Trials. It's kind of like the Glenn Beck thing, right? It's like, this is a factional book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. That was the douchiest postscript ever. <laughs> All right, well, our, our prescript to today's episode is that uh, we're going to start with a compliment. We like to start and end with a compliment sandwich. It makes us, it makes us feel like a ye old honest criticism and uh so we'll start i mean it's your your right to go first or last in the opening compliment as the guest which do you prefer uh i think i'll go last today oh okay excellent uh any volunteers for first i'll do it ezra will do it i kind of liked the um how happy everyone is at the end of the book (laughs) because uh they completely neglect the fact that even though sam was poisoned this time there's like a curse on all (laughs) Witches apparently that the men they love is gonna are gonna die horribly. Yeah. <laughs> so the boyfriend curse flipped over that whole thing. And also, uh, what a what an unfair curse! This curse will entirely be enacted on somebody else. <laughs> oh yeah, that is kind of unfair. Like, I mean, I guess the lesson is don't marry muggles, but still, like, that sucks. <laughs> that it's kind of like you eat a lot of bacon and and you know someone else gets fat. That's not really fair. It's totally not fair. Okay, this is the thing. For some reason, there are some witches, but there are not many, and they only ever use their power for good. But for some reason, if you get the sight and the technique, if you have it, your husband will die. (laughs) What a fucked up system to have created. Oh man, what if the what if the aura cleanser is in a polyamorous relationship? Does everybody die? Well, that's what I was wondering. Or like, what happens if what happens? Oh, if they're gay. If she's gay, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. All witches survive? believe in Jesus and are straight. <laughs> well, what if like like witchcraft doesn't like recognize same sex partnerships? Yeah, you you beat the system that way. That's a perk. All you've got to do <laughs> is go gay. Go gay for a little while, and you totally beat the system. Awesome. All right, uh, Chris, what is your uh, major compliment? Oh, hang on. Let me finish this candy. Yeah. Wow, breakfast candy. <laughs> breakfast candy <laughs> is the only candy. <laughs> My comment is that this book was a completely different book than the first half of the book. <laughs> the first half of the book was her researching shit in libraries, and then the second half of the book, she has sex and turned into Harry Potter. Yeah. It was way better. Yeah, yeah, no question. I was wondering about that since I only listened to the second half. I was like, "What did they do in the first half?" It seems like nothing happened. Yeah, no, it didn't. You're, you were missing nothing. I mean, the dog showed up. <laughs> the dog's pretty awesome. Did you guys play? Where's our? What's Arlo up to right now? I did actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, he's missing!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, Arlo disappeared into the wall." Yeah, and the dog gets superpowers. This is a totally different book than the one in which she's like, oh, no, I'm researching through cat card catalogs, and now my fingers are dirty. I mean, well, that, well, that reminds me of my of my compliment, which was that uh, shortly into the second half, she figures out that the book is actually at Harvard. So she goes to Harvard, and it's pre-computers. And so she has to go look at the card catalog, and she says, sigh, another day, another card catalog. <laughs> and even she was bored by it. Imagine how we feel. 
We're not actually reading the card catalog. We're just <laughs> listening to you read the card catalog. I get the sense that she wrote the second half of the book first and made everything happen then. And she's like, okay, now I need about 20 hours of setup. Ezra, as uh, the only person here, I believe, on the show who's written a novel. Yeah. Where would you put the inciting action, the rising action, the climax? How would you, would you, would you sprinkle those evenly throughout the book or would you... Oh, no, I think Catherine Howard is completely right. Just cram it all into the last 10 pages or so. <laughs> because if you got through the first 240 pages, you really earned that finish. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Amanda, it is now your turn. You can't put it off any longer. No. Well, I mean, the card catalogs were just truly fascinating. But uh, I thought it was kind of mm. nice how uh, Connie talks about when she finally clues in that, you know, it, there's this meaningful connection between her and her mother and her grandmother and all the way back, you know, that there's this connection between her and all of the generations past of women in her family. I thought that was, that was a nice thing. You Inherited know? by first name. Not by last. <laughs> by first name. The yeah. fact that it took her so long to realize that all of the names were words as well was a little depressing. But Including her own. Really that, right, that's a major <laughs> plot point where she was like, Wait, my name is Constance, which is a thing. No shit. Because she she goes by Connie the whole time, and she says like she's been removed from her long name. I thought it was for Condor. All right, so now it's time for our more natural segment, uh, the hate segment today. We're going to go hate boarding. So kick and push and kick and push and hate. Also, uh, uh, don't go out without your knee pads and your wrist guards. It's very important. Ah, oh, Alex, but I'll get made fun of. But at least you'll be made fun of without breaking your wrist. <laughs> Wait, no helmet? Check <laughs> <laughs> your noggin, jeez. There's nothing that I care about. You're going to do a manual labor job. That's your future. So save the wrist. I don't care about your head. All right. So uh, so what is something else you hated about the about the book? Sam. The boyfriend. Why? Because he looked less tough without his nose ring? Well, not only did we know that Sam has a septum ring. I forgot until a specific description that Sam has a ponytail. Yeah. Flecked with gold paint. Which, hey, fuck that. But the other thing is that Sam commits <laughs> a little too hard too quickly. Right. He has sex with her once, and already she's listed as an emergency contact <laughs> for when he falls off scaffolding. And his parents are like, well, of course we call his parents. Okay. And then, of course, we also saw, you know, call his girlfriend of girl, He fucked once. It's like, <laughs> there's also the. He brought a toothbrush. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was actually kind of fun, uh, where he was like just counting on getting laid that night. <laughs> or else always is counting on getting laid whenever he goes out. Either way, I like that. He did, like, you know, restoration-type stuff. I think that's just, like, standard toolkit for someone's restoring things. It's, you know, toothbrushes like ours. this is the same <laughs> toothbrush he would have used to, like, polish the brass in a steeple. Yes, he gets to <laughs> polish his teeth with, with history. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's something I hate. So the point of the book seems to be that the Salem witch trials were wrong. Yeah. But not because they weren't witches, because they were good Christian witches. <laughs> that's the problem was like we battled the scourge of witchcraft and we actually got some of the good witches wrapped up in it what it appears to also be shooting for uh this like it it's because of men 
that right, yeah, these is... women who are smart and everything got got persecuted. Except it was women who were making all the accusations. Well, I mean, it's because of men. Also, it's because of lead poisoning and moldy bread poisoning as well. Yeah, yeah, it's the the LSD like substance, right? And they're and they're moldy. Yeah, bread. yeah, right. That was that's one of the theories, right? Is that the kids, the, like the little girls, ate moldy bread and went nuts, and then blamed women for being like hallucinated or something. Yeah, it's a nice theory, but apparently it doesn't pan out, sadly. As much fun as it is to think of all of Salem, like, just tripping balls. (laughs) (laughs) On toast? They're like, man, God, you had some of this toast today? Whoa. Yeah, Baker's, like, the dealer. (laughs) Hey, man, can I just get, like, a... You know, like a baguette or like a batard. Just get a quick hit of baguette. Dealers walking around with toast in their pockets. (laughs) Yo, I got some real stale dinner rolls. (laughs) Want some Dutch crunch? (laughs) (laughs) With the equivalent of pot brownies, the uh, LSD bread pudding. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Or just bread brownies. (laughs) (laughs) This this brownie is just really dry. (laughs) All right, other hates? Can I hate? all of this stupid magic stuff, like the the painful shooting blue sparks through scissors into a colander. Definitely. But that was the most drawn out, boring Can you that a little bit more? magic I've ever been exposed to. Yeah, so what what, what really happened there, Amanda? What, what was the whole scene? Uh, that she's asking the the scissors a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she, she, what she's doing, so, she's found like this vernacular magic thing that answers yes or no questions by balancing a colander on some scissors and then asking it a question. And it takes just as long as you would anticipate balancing a colander on scissors. And then asking yes or no questions. And then only asking yes or no questions. Like, surely it's magic. You have uh, something that could answer open-ended questions somewhere so we can rush through this whole part. And we find out later in the postscript that, in fact, the colander and scissors was one of the things she didn't make up yeah <laughs> just goes to show you how little there was to do before tv and the internet <laughs> <laughs> seriously though cat videos <laughs> other hates being a puritan woman on trial for being a witch doesn't sound like a fun gig <laughs> yeah seems like some kind of witch hunt totally. yeah <laughs> Total bummer. You're put in prison. People look at your body when you're not even allowed to look at your body. So everything's all weird and they're touching you all funny. Yeah. yeah they they apparently find your clitoris and think imps are using that to suck your blood. You're, no, I think you're, you're like raising imps on it. Like you're suckling imps. You are you're from, suckling imps on your, on your clitoris possibly? Yeah. I think that's the witch's teat apparently. Maybe. No, well, I the thought it was... Americans were perverted. Yeah. <laughs> Into some well, freaky shit. Who <laughs> how anything worked? Well, yeah, I mean, the body was a mystery, no mirrors, you know. I don't, I don't think you need a, a mirror to find... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, to know if there are imps down there or not. I mean, they, they were using the candlelight also, if I remember. Like, Yeah, that was fun. This is like a really... Like, ye old porno? Uh, <laughs> a little awkward, it turns out. The wax burns. Uh, you, you just know there's got to be Salem witch trial porn out there, though. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Googling. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Everyone, is there an easy porn title we can think of? I mean, I, I would just call it the witch's teat at this point. But That's pretty good. 
but I'd never heard of that before the book. So uh, the only thing that's coming to mind is bed knobs and dildos. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you didn't go with crotch knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> I tried that, yeah. But then the broomstick <laughs> seems weird. <laughs> Sweeping up after your, your toy session? Uh, that seems unnecessary. Mm. Although if you want to go with the two syllables starting with a B, you could be like butt plugs and, bo- and broomsticks. Okay, how about this? Ocus, poke us. Poke us, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the one. Okay. The first Wanksgiving. What? Oh. All right, uh, here, here's something I hate. I hate that when she actually does some magic and tries to heal Sam, all of their magic involves a jar of somebody's urine. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you have fucking magical powers. You cannot touch urine the rest of your life if you choose. Well, I think that's kind of like the like saute onions uh, of uh, yeah. which no matter what you're gonna start with someone's urine. Someone dice an onion. You'll need it. I'm guessing at some point in this recipe. <laughs> Get some urine from the person you're planning on doing a spell on. Just trust me, you'll need it. I, it's just, I think it's gross. Like it works out for her because her boyfriend, who she needs to save, just happens to have an external catheter. But yeah, I mean, I think you really only have to be friends with people who are okay with like you handling their pee, you know? That's the only way to keep them safe. Yeah, and what like all of a sudden people start coming to you and they're like, "Hey, my my cow is sick." And then you're like, "Did you bring me some urine?" Yeah, it's like, "Is this cow urine or is this your urine?" Man, how would that have changed Harry Potter? Oh. <laughs> Just I no matter what. Lord Voldemort's urine, and at the same time he's trying to acquire my urine so he can beat me. So it's a battle of enchanting your like urinals around town. Like. It, really, it really is. You're like it, it's all about trying to find a safe place to pee where no one's going to collect it on the potter. Oh god! <laughs> all right, uh, something else that's not disturbing a very pleasant childhood image for everybody. Well, I I have to get in a hate about how she totally fucked up what little tiny bit of science was actually in the book. Mm-hmm. When uh, Sam's in the hospital and they say they did a, a wrench test to uh, see if he was being poisoned by the chemicals in the paint, mm-hmm. uh, that means what they were testing for was lead mm-hmm. and, and other heavy metals. And then at the end, you know, the evil villain professor there says, Mohaha, I poisoned him with antimony, which totally would have shown up on that test. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but, but yeah. also she said the tests for heavy metals and poison uh, – were inconclusive, which seems yeah, like... I'm not a, entirely sure how that test can be inconclusive. Like, right. it turns a color or it doesn't. Right. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, does this also involve urine? <laughs> Witch! <laughs> Doctors are witches! <laughs> the last day, then we'll move on. So I hate that uh, she decided to set this book in 1991. <laughs> yeah. Because as far as I can tell, her only motivation was that the magic powers are increased by the hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> I mean, I really? think the reason is, if there was the internet, this whole thing would have been solved in, like, one <laughs> pre-internet, pre-cell phone. So she's not like, where's Sam? She couldn't just be like... But she does have a lot to do with the ozone. Like, they're like, the magic power has to do with the the earth and the warming and cooling phases. And the grunge movement. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. smells like witch spirit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which smells like urine. 
Ezra Fox. Yeah. You have been brought before this council because you have been charged with the most heinous count of witchcraft. We have examined the evidence against you from last episode and found it to be very conclusive. We also have several people who have volunteered to testify against you today. How do you plead? Not witchy. He lies! He's a witch! Only a witch would lie! Exactly what a witch would say. Ezra, (laughs) I will begin. I saw you speaking with the devil, and then our pet manatee died. We left him out of water for a long period of time, then you talked to the devil, and he died. Alfonso's death has weighed heavily on all of us. But really, to turn this into blame is just to make us a witch hunt. That's right, it's a witch hunt. You're the witch. Chris, I believe you spoke to me earlier and said that you've recently suffered a minor head cold, or as we call it, the fits. That's right. And right before that, I saw Ezra riding a broom naked outside of normal Quidditch hours. He's a witch. (laughs) He caused it. I was trying to practice. Nope. Sorry, that was you worshipping the devil, conducting witchcraft. I just want to be the new keeper, and and my Quidditch clothes were dirty. The keeper is a position that is not very well respected. Witch. Am I allowed to call witnesses? Yes, of course. Okay. I would like to call to the stand Amanda. Now, Amanda, as a student of uh, forensic science, how many deaths do you know of that are uh, attributed to witchcraft? All of them. How I did not did not do my research. You you may have wanted to have cross examined this witness before you brought her on stage. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. Uh, uh, cross examine, cross examination <laughs> by yourself. Now, Amanda, isn't it true that forensic science is not actually a real science? <laughs> Objection. Giggling is an answer. Ah, it, it, what kind of answer? You're a witch. Amanda, we are now going to cross-examine you. Have you ever seen or imagined Ezra committing witchcraft? Uh, yes, I've definitely imagined it. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> He's a witch! He's a witch! Witch! Burn him! This is not going that well. Which which of you guys is the judge? Me. Which of you guys is the witch? He's a witch! Burn him! (laughs) Judge Alex, mistrial. I I, I would like to move for a mistrial. Leave my wife, mistrial, out of this. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make up my own mind. (laughs) Goody mistrial, I'm I'm very sorry. Mrs. Trial, wait in the car. I thought I told you to wait in the car. (laughs) Okay, bye. I would like this uh, whole case stricken from the record on the count that's far too punny. (laughs) (laughs) Motion denied. (laughs) Take that. Ezra, you are accused of having very recently committed a witchy laugh. How do you plead? Not witchy. I'm pretty sure that was Chris. Or possibly Amanda. Or possibly the ghost of Alfonso's body. (laughs) You leave my manatee out of this. (laughs) I'm Ezra, and I do witchcraft. I have a cauldron and summon ghosts of manatees. Thank you for finally confessing! That, I'm pretty sure that wasn't me, guys. I'm almost 80% sure that was not me. You're able to bewitch other you, people to speak you. your thoughts? Witch! <laughs> That's just ventriloquism. My name's Ezra. I collect a lot of urine and do weird shit with it. I'm a witch. Uh, actually, my, my confession is pretty convincing to me. I guess I'm a witch. I didn't think I was, but... I guess you are. Well, uh, in this community, we don't we don't kill people. Uh, exactly. Okay, that's that's good. We're we're going to hang you from the neck until bored. Won't I die? Well, I mean, that's. Won't I be bored to death? I guess is what I'm trying to ask you. I mean, we're not going to give you any reading material. You will not have access to the internet. 
But once we kick out that barrel, people get bored pretty quick, it seems. <laughs> I, I guess what we mean, Ezra, is that we need you to stand over on, on that platform. That platform. Yeah, the one with the ropes hanging from it and all the rotten vegetables strewn around it. Wait, first we need to examine you naked and see if you have the witch's teat anywhere. I just have Got a it. third and fourth nipple. He has two of them! <laughs> They're just superfluous nipples. And there's even imp bite marks on the left one. But where does it say that you can't have an imp nursing from your third and fourth nipples? <laughs> where? Directly in the non-witch's code. Chapter 4, subsection B. Well, this might be damning, but I actually haven't read that code. <laughs> That is very damning. Step over to the platform. The reason we have to hang you until you are bored is because we find that only people who are actually witches get bored from being hung. So, Ezra, although you might not be a witch, the only way we can be certain is to kill you. Man. Everything you can think of is true. The dish ran away with a spoon. Afterlife is required, but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, in Purgatory... St. Peter? No, I'm St. Genesius of Rome, the patron saint of comedians. That's real, you can look it up. Ah, uh, so I'm dead? I'm afraid so. <laughs> Sorry about that whole rich trial. What's the deal with that? Man... Hey, St. Genesius, do you like to laugh? Do I? Then I'll get you a free copy of Patton Oswalt's audiobook, Zombie Spaceship Wasteland. Patton Oswalt, like he was Remy in Ratatouille. He sure was, St. Genesius. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep, and the book is yours. <laughs> Basume! Is there something I can do to repay you? Like a, a waffle cone or a BLT? Getting resurrected? Chicken katsu bentu box? Oh, what, what was that last one? Chicken katsu? It's like, well, it's like a, a really crispy... Uh, oh, no, 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 sorry, the one before that. <laughs> oh, the resurrection? <laughs> yeah, sure, but... Uh, you really should try that chicken. I'll make you a combo. Hey, Alfonso, can I get a resurrection with a chicken katsu? Wow. Awesome, thanks. It's good to have you. Wow. If you're a good cook, I'll send you back. Wow. So uh, it, it turns out uh, he died. So Ezra wasn't a witch. Uh, kind of a dark day for Read It and Weep. Yeah, man. And killing a podcaster in a witch trial is kind of against the bylaws. Guys, he's, he's moving and he's holding a bento box? Mm. Dude, Purgatory's chicken katsu? Totally legit. He's alive! We, we didn't break the bylaws or commit murder. But then isn't he a witch? Dang it. Wait, you guys. I can't let Ezra die needlessly twice. I'm the witch. I've been cackling maniacally for two episodes and nobody's even noticed because I sound like Ezra. Oh. oh. Yeah, actually, it's been pretty obvious. Well, I guess I have... Egg on my face. Let's call it a day. No hard feelings, huh? It's cool. Chicken katsu's really good. Audiblepodcast.com slash reading weep. Seriously, try the chicken katsu. Combo number two. Well, wow. So the, that was it. Uh, it's time for our second half of our compliment sandwich. What, what's your minor compliment going in reverse order? The last nice thing you'll ever have to say about the deliverance book of Physic Dane or whatever. Uh, Amanda. I will compliment the reader of the audiobook for having a voice that sounds uh, really good at double speed. Mm. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she was very 
eligible, which can only lead me to believe that the single speed is a horrible mistake. <laughs> I, I can verify. Definitely. <laughs> Terrible mistake. Did you listen on single? Well, so I my my phone does not speed up the audiobooks. My iPod does, but my iPod had to get sent back to Apple Mothership because it turns out it was going to blow up and, and in my lap. Oh no, that's what you don't want from an iPod. Yeah, when you I, I have a Gen I had a Gen 1 Nano and those apparently have this nasty tendency to blow up in your lap. And so they're replacing it finally after 6 years of letting me risk having it blow up in my lap. Wait, wait, hold on, Alex. I feel like you're misusing like an iPod if you only have it in your lap. Like well, that's where my iPod pocket is. The little <laughs> iPod pocket that comes in your underwear, you know what I'm talking about? Isn't that for your balls? No, no, no. It's far too big for that. It's no, balls it's plus too... one iPod Nano. <laughs> <laughs> there are three indentations in mine. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, this so this is what I'm saying. If you have an iPod that you keep near your balls, highly recommend replacing the Gen 1 Nano. Other iPods should be fine, although you might want to you know, worry about moisture. Because the iPod gives off moisture. Yes, and your balls do not like too That's much moisture. That's right. Your iPod is going to sweat all over your balls. That's right. Keep your um, eyebrows dry. you know. <laughs> that is a terrible, terrible image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the sound quality is surprisingly good. Uh, all right. So, uh, continuing in reverse order, it's my time for a minor compliment. I want to compliment her, the author Catherine Howe, on, on on doing her research and really sticking to. The thing, the things of the period. She did great period research, and that included three details that I especially like. Uh, the first one was a kid named Dorcas, which yeah. is, <laughs> and Dorcas's mother was uh, named Good. So it was Dorcas Good, uh, which means that her mother, being married, would have been Goody Good, <laughs> which is also funny. And then, so that's two things that made me giggle every time I heard them. And then, lastly, all of the women were wearing coifs. And I can't hear coif without giggling. <laughs> <laughs> so your your compliment is basically words were funny. Yeah, well, th- that that I have the sense of humor of of a ten year old, and that is convenient for this. Fair. <laughs> the, the, the Ezra. Let's finish this off. Uh, I just liked the uh, that our villain had a good accent. So <laughs> much of the time, you know. The villains in, in books don't have accents. and uh, Always a disappointment. Yeah. It's like a villain that doesn't have a mustache. Exactly. Um, so I'm, I don't know if, if this professor uh, had a mustache or not, but he had his tweed, you know, and he had his, his accent. Amanda, do you know anybody that has an accent like that? The Brahmin accent is pretty much dying out because it's only really old rich people that talk like that. So mm. I don't know any really old rich Boston Bostonians, sadly. Well... That seems like the most fun. But otherwise, I would steal their pee and <laughs> <laughs> use it to make your calf healthy again. <laughs> exactly. Very important. Because if you have a cool accent like that, your pee has got to be pretty powerful. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a magical pee. Strong. That's why the one percent deserves what they've they've gotten. It's because they have. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Actually, I do like the idea of the, the strongest people in the land, like the people who own the most stuff, just peed on all of it, like they mark their territory. <laughs> so just they have the biggest bladders by far. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Chris. Yeah, so I'm going to compliment the author's use of bestowing the heroine with strange esoteric superpowers. 
Um, so not only when she's magic, she discovers she can do magic better than all the Wiccans and uh, people who hang out in occultist bookstores. But when faced with Chilton at the end, she discovers that she's really good at chopping up herbs like without being noticed. <laughs> on the sly she's like she's like talking with him and he's monologuing like a good villain with a mustache and a yeah, Boston Brahmin accent and and she just she's like oh really that's interesting well a little herb here a little herb there oh yeah put it in a bottle oh doing nothing and like <laughs> yeah. she's just basically like chopping ripping Vince's like finding onion. exactly the right things and yeah. like somehow it's, it's all on the sly and if you compare her with like Sookie Stackhouse you know and her uh, <laughs> lime uh, cutting ability yeah exactly the same there would be like some some great mojitos i think out there <laughs> and way to pull a reference to the last show that amanda was on yeah yeah nicely done although to be fair there would be mojitos with urine in them <laughs> so about the same and if they were working together someone would get a bloody finger bang uh-huh. <laughs> bloody mary finger bang <laughs> So it doesn't make her like stronger because of the vampire powers, but it does make her vagina drunk. (laughs) Man, and that is a great feeling. It's a lot like eating LSD toast. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, to our sponsors of this episode, for, for of both of these episodes, for, for tying up our year so nicely. We will be back again in two weeks. We're going to take a, a holiday break, a generic holiday break. We're participating in the war, war on Christmas as well. So screw uh, that. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a week off. But we will be back again in two weeks with another sponsored episode. Uh, which we will finally watch Flowers in the Attic. I, I, I promised a couple weeks ago we're doing Flowers in the Attic, and then we moved this episode up because of the cute romantic backstory. Uh, but uh, we feel bad. We promised it, and our guest got, or our sponsor got really excited, and so uh, th- we will we will definitely be here for you next. Otherwise, we will execute Ezra again. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> How it goes. Sorry, yeah. buddy. Sorry, dude. Uh, anyway, so uh, so join us again for that. The, the, that sponsored episode, of course, next week is going to be Flowers in the Attic, the campy, trashy, incestastic movie. Although apparently there's less incest in the movie than in the book, so which sounds like a good direction to go. So. Mm. I totally read the books as a kid, too. <laughs> well, we're watching the movie anyway, so... Uh, it, because that was what was requested. So check out the movie, and uh, we'll be back next week with that. Thank you so much, as always, uh, for being here, Chris and Ezra. Yeah, of course. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for uh, managing to, to read the second half of the book. I always feel guilty when we make someone do half of the book, but it's also sort of better than doing the whole one. Yeah, in this case, definitely. It, it seems like I didn't miss anything. No, this is, you're very lucky this time. You got the better half by far. Um, so uh, a quick plug for uh, Skeptic or something else, I guess, if you have something else. No, no, it's just, it's all skeptic all the time for me. Um, so, yeah, you can read my my posts three times a week at skeptic.org, and there's all sorts of links there to all of our other sister sites, so go crazy. Yeah, a lot of cool. A lot of new verticals from you guys. Um, very impressive. Yeah, tons like, and tons. I think we're unveiling a new one soon. So. Wow, awesome. And you write the uh, the quickies section, right? Yes, I do. Excellent. So you're uh, you're just commenting on short things from the news and from 
pop culture and that sort of thing? My favorite thing this week was the new Legos for Girls, which yeah. is a whole lot of pink and boobs. Oh, they look okay. weird. They look like aliens. Well, that's because their boobs yeah. are square, so they'll plug into other boobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the adult Lego set. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would want the regular one. <laughs> anyway, well, thank, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We'll talk to you again in uh, you know ten episodes or something. And uh, if you guys have any feedback, or if you wanna if you wanna share anything about uh, your adult Lego fantasies, go to Facebook.com/slash Read and Weep. We will be back again next week. Thanks to everybody. Goodbye. Do 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 girl from Ipanema goes walking and when she's something uh, but she ah <laughs> you made that sound much dirtier. <laughs>